This is the Life in the Front Office podcast. I want to first thank all of our listeners to making this a success and helping us continue to grow. We bring on sports executives and professionals from around the industry, all different aspects of the industry, to provide insights and advice for those who are trying to enter the sports industry or those who are already in the industry just looking to learn something new and continue to get better. If you like our episode, please rate us on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, and visit our website at lifeinthefrontoffice.com for more episodes. Welcome to today's episode on Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jake Hirschman, and I'm really excited to talk to our guest today and Mark Hodgkin, um, a Texas grad, a history major, um, now the executive vice president of product innovation at TicketSocket, uh, spent some time at the American Athletic Conference, Boston College. He's had some quite, quite a few experiences within college athletics. Really excited to talk to Mark today about what he's learned through his journey so far and, and kind of now in that um, entrepreneurial third party space and uh, excited to dive in. So Mark, welcome to the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, looking forward to the conversation as well. So take us back to uh, University of Texas where you're a history major. Um, did you think you were going to be doing what you are now? I mean, what 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 was going through your mind as you were graduating um, in, in Austin? Yeah, somebody actually I was just talking to about that kind of pointed out how odd it is that I was a history major and now have product innovation in my title seems really um uh, paradoxical, I guess, but I didn't realize I wanted to work in sports until I guess about the start of my senior year. And, you know, there, there was a part of me, especially early on in my career that kind of regretted not realizing that earlier, because when I was at UT from 2002 to 2006, um, we just had an amazing athletics department, uh, success across the board, uh, really, you know, amazing things going on there. And, um, Never worked for the, the athletics department or anything like that. Ended up working for the school paper as a sports writer um, my senior year. So I had some exposure to uh, the athletics department and the people on the, on the teams there. And um, through that, kind of realized uh, that I'd like to be involved in sports. Now, at, at that point, I was thinking maybe that's along the lines of a journalist or a sports writer. Uh, but when I, I started working with some of the people at the school and seeing some of the other we went to the women's college world series uh with the ut softball team and you know remember meeting some of the people who were working for the schools and just being really impressed like hey these are the people who are making uh the the, the thing go you know and they're working with athletics they're working with with great student athletes and kind of raising them up and you know from there i just realized i wanted to try to find some way that to get in so i moved back to rhode island which is where i'm from and you know, started making phone calls to everybody in college sports in that area. Not a not a hotbed of college sports either, um, but anybody who could give me five or ten minutes, um, you know, I would I would drive to wherever they were. Just wanted to kind of talk and, and listen to, to people talk about you know their own journeys and what they're doing, um, and learn about what what this industry is really about. And you know, for, out of that, ended up at, at Bryant University. Uh, they they were looking for a, a sports information director. And I applied for that. Didn't get that position, but they said, you know, we have this uh, grad assistant position. Uh, you'll we'll pay for your grad school to get an MBA. Uh, you'll do everything from marketing. We'll let you do some sports information. Um, at that point, they didn't have 
development people or ticket people or um, sponsorship sales. So part of the benefit of being at, at a small school, D2 school back then, was I got to really do as much as I wanted, and that was a lot. So I got I got experience in all those kind of areas. And um, and Mark and Mark, the GA is like the best kept secret there is, right? I mean, getting your grad school paid for it. People go and pay you know, thousands and thousands of dollars for an MBA or, or uh, some sort of master's degree. And um, I was why I did the GA thing and, and I walked out of grad school, you know, paying pretty much next to nothing. Um, yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And that's, I, I tell people that all the time, you know, if you can find that, you know, I'm not sure, um, you know, every grad program is necessarily worth spending the amount of money that they cost. But if you can get the real world experience where I feel like I learned most of the stuff that were valuable to me, and, you know, the GA position I was in happened to be for, uh, for an MBA, um, which is very, you know, versatile. So I was like, this is perfect. I can really dive into the sports side. But then I also have this kind of MBA that's, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, a fallback. But, you know, I think it's also served me really well as my career has evolved to have that, you know, that business training and that experience, you know, in, in business administration. No, absolutely. So you went to the American Athletic Conference after – uh, a little bit of experience within a couple of college athletic departments. What was it like working at the conference uh, level where you're not necessarily, you know, on the team, you don't have a logo on your business card other than, you know, the conference one, obviously, but you're, but you're yeah. really working for all of the different teams and schools that make up that, that uh, conference. Yeah, it, it, it is very different. Um, and I met a lot of people who would either come from conference to school or vice versa, and, you know, not really fit um, because it is different. You don't have that energy of being around the student athletes. You don't develop relationships as much with coaches or administrators. Um, you don't feel like you're part of the team, right? You're more like a referee. You're, you're uh, running championships and, and all these kind of things, and you go get to travel a lot, which is fantastic. And, and I liked it because you could meet a lot of different people and, you know, we, at that point when I joined, this was 2009, um, so I actually joined the Big East Conference, which was just a, an amazing brand for somebody who grew up in the Northeast and was a college sports fan. Um, that was really it. But we had 16 teams, um, and then living through all those uh, years of realignment um, where we kind of came out at the other end as the American Athletic Conference, um, you know, the, I think the number of schools that that I got to interact with was in like the 40 to 45 range um, schools going, coming associate members, temporary members, schools like Boise state and San Diego state that never actually even made it into the league. Uh, so it's really, it was really interesting, but I, I do think for people who are thinking about, you know, working at a college conference as opposed to a school, you have to understand what you enjoy. And if it's that, that energy of being around the teams and feeling like you're a part of the team and, and there's, that's just the energy that's brought, for a lot of people working in college athletics, if that's really your main motivator, I think conference is kind of a tough span. But if, if you're like me, I, I like having kind of a little bit in a lot of different areas as opposed to being, you know, just locked in with one school or one, um, uh, one team even. And I thought that was a, a neat experience to kind of understand one, the, the business side of things, because, you know, the conference has that as well, um, especially with all the TV deals and the, that landscape really changed from about the time I was there and continues to evolve, obviously. But, yeah, it's definitely something to consider that it's, you know, if you love being on a campus, conference life might be tough. If you love being on, in a conference, I think sometimes going to a school can be can be jarring as well. Well, and you, and you bring up a good point, right? Like it's it's understanding 
you know, yes, uh, if you want to start from the ground up, right? Like, okay, if I want to work in sports, then uh, where do I start from a location perspective? What do I want to do? But then you, you said something where it's like, what do, I, what do I like, right? What kind mm-hmm. of environment do I like to be in? How do you figure that out? You know, is that a passion and purpose thing? What, what is the environment um, trial and error uh, look like? Yeah, it's a really good question. I, I guess it's, it's hard to answer kind of a one size fits all, but I think one of the items that, that comes to mind uh, when you're figuring this out is to remove the, the idea that anything's going to be a perfect environment and, and don't expect anything to be, especially in sports. I think people sometimes go into sports and, you know, I had an old colleague who said we work in the, in the toy section of life. And, and it's very true. And it's one of the things we love about the, the business, but, you know, it's not all, glamour and it's not all easy and I think some people just assume that you know if this isn't if I don't love everything about this job it's not the right fit I think you just get that out of your your head and then say okay what are the parts of my job I understand I'm not gonna enjoy every single aspect of it but what are the ones that kind of get get the blood pumping and get you up in the morning kind of excited to do it and you know for me it was it was kind of solving problems around different areas and 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 seeing the different challenges that different schools had or, or different departments, or, you know, I was, I was lucky enough to be in a space with the uh, digital media that kind of really formed in college sports. Um, you know, that was ex- extremely interesting to me. And I got to do a lot of different things at the conference level than I could at the, at the school level. But I think, you know, going back to, to the question of how do you find it, I think it takes intentional time. It takes taking off the idea that, that everything's going to be great and you have to, you're going to find a perfect situation that usually doesn't exist, probably never exists. Um, but then do an intentional time to understand, like, what are these things? You know, we're all busy, but, you know, taking a few minutes to slow down and, and really understand what what does it for you is is critical to, to being successful, being happy with what you do. Well, and, and that's always going to change, too, as you, you know, go yeah. through experiences, figure out, you know, different landscapes, different type of people you work best with, et cetera. And, and so, all right, take us through now. You're with TicketSocket. You, you know, you spent a little bit of time at New Lion where – that's kind of that digital media um, advertising space within mm-hmm. college athletics and, and kind of that third party world. Um, Ticket Socket is, it's, you know, obviously a little bit more entrepreneurial. Um, mm-hmm. You've got, take us through what, what's a day in the life of, of working at Ticket Socket? How are you still connected to sports? Yeah. Um, what, how do you take what you learned and all your different experiences and apply it to, and apply it to what you do today? Yeah. And, and to kind of explain that, I guess I got to go back a, a few steps. And when I made the change from, um, from the conference to, uh, to new lion and, um, you know, this is one of those things I, I got into the track of digital media and kind of the technology space, even back when I went from Bryant, I spent a year at Boston college. That was, they said, we have a new position. It's brand new. You, you manage bceagles.com. You know, it's an internship and CBS sports pays for half the salary and we pay for the other half. You know, it's an entry level thing, but you know, do you know how to use the website? And would you, you know, like be interested in that? I said, I'll, you know, I, I would love to work for a, for an organization like this. There are people there that I knew that I really respected and said, okay, I'm going to jump on this and figure everything out about websites. And that was, you know, 10 years ago now. So yeah, what, what you see now with all these great creative departments, are um, are amazing to think about that uh, even a decade back, you know, we had just an intern who didn't do nothing about websites running it. So, you know, as that field kind of um, 
changed and became much more specialized. I kind of mentioned that I've, I've always been a little bit more of a generalist and had a lot of interest in a lot of different things, but it was never, never the extremely focused, um, extra skilled, you know, graphics designer or, or video person. And that's really the kind of uh, people that, that are really dominating the space right now. So as I was going through this in the conference, you know, again, it kind of, um, you never, it sometimes somewhat limits you what you can do as far as in college athletics. So I was looking around and saying, what, what am I interested in? And that idea, like I mentioned about being interested in solving problems and working with a lot of different clients is what attracted me to New Lion, um, you know, and the chance to work with a bunch of different schools, um, you know, 50 or so clients. And they were looking for somebody who'd use the product. And they said, you know, you're a little bit of a unconventional product guy, but we want somebody who's been, in the trenches and can talk to our partners about, you know, what's important to them and then take that back to our development team. So kind of a long way to say that, you know, I, that was another one of those kind of jumps where I said, this is something that there's a, there's an interest in it. I think it fits some of the skills and let's give it a try. You know, you never know. Uh, you might like it. You might not. You can always go do something else if you don't. But I really found the idea of building products, working with the developers to solve a problem on a certain schedule and then roll that out to the users was just something that really clicked with me. And it just really felt, um, I really enjoyed it. So I was at New Line for three years. Um, our company got sold and swallowed up by um, Learfield IMG. Just wasn't a good fit there. But somebody who worked at TicketSocket, who used to work at University of Central Florida, stayed in touch with them. And they kind of recruited me over there. And they said, you know, it's a similar type job. We have certain sports clients, but we also have music clients. We have arts clients. Uh, we have a lot of um, uh, race registration clients. You know, there's there's a sports element, but there's also other elements. So that's kind of a natural extension. You know, so it was a it was a way to um, take some of that experience, then even double down on the product development side of things, and you know, really dive deeper into that. So the job I do now is a lot more technical than it was uh, maybe at New Line. Um, but what I like about it, it's really, you know, I'm learning something new every day. You know, it's a, it's definitely different. We have remote people all over the place. Um, we have two or three people full-time in the office that I go to in Orlando. And um, so you're dealing with people across the globe. We have international developers, um, you know, different kind of clients, clients that I don't, you know, have as much familiarity with. So, um, again, I, I, I love those kind of challenges. I, I think it's interesting to, to kind of stretch out and to, to new opportunities and, and do different things. But um, no real uh, set, you know, day in the life uh, in, a, in a small shop where we're just hustling to, to get our business out there. You know, we have a lot of clients. We have some established sports brands and some established media brands. But, you know, it's still, um, it's still a lot different than, than some of the things I've done in my past. But really, really enjoying it as well. No, that's awesome. And I, and I know when we, you know, first connected and, and we're chatting, we were like, you never really know where that path is going to take you, right? If you if you would have asked yourself these questions when you were at the American Athletic Conference, you probably would have had no idea you were getting into the technology side and the application side and, and products and whatnot. And so when you look at where things are going, um, what are some of those skill sets that people can maybe look at obtaining, uh, whether it's on the technology side, even though it's so rapidly, you know, changing that, you know, by the time you probably acquire a skill, it's, it's, it's almost not even useful anymore. Um, yeah. But what's, what are some of those things that you had to kind of learn pretty quickly and get up to speed on uh, as you're adapting? I mean, communication skill is, is definitely like the, the number one that everybody, no matter what you do, um, you need to develop it. 
you know, so whether that's for my role, you know, whether it's communicating with our member schools or communicating with our fans um, to now communicating with our developers, with our clients, with our prospects, um, with our other internal constituents. You know, I think that's one of the ones um, that's important. But so I was kind of thinking about this conversation, um, you know, and I mentioned the kind of generalist versus specialist thing. We've heard so much about how you need to specialize in something, really focus on it, and to be any good at it and have some success. But, you know, and I used to always feel kind of guilty about not, not really going down that path. Um, and I read a book recently. It's gotten a lot of discussion. It's called Range by David Epstein. And um, so much yeah. of it just kind of clicked with like, hey, you know what? That's kind of like my experience. I wasn't planning any of this stuff out this way. You know, I just, I've, I've been a naturally kind of curious person and, and wanted to kind of explore a lot of different stuff. I didn't really want to lock into just one thing. You know, that goes back to even being at Bryant where instead of just doing marketing or SID work, I was doing a little bit of everything. Um, and I, I guess I thought it, it could kind of hold you back, but then if I take the broad view and I say, look back at, you know, the first, uh, 10 or 15 years of my career, um, yeah, I think it's actually helped to be able to take that bigger picture view to understand how all these things work together. Um, you know, understand the dynamics of an industry or that, that you're in, um, to understand all the different things that go into building a successful company or running a successful athletics department. You know, it's very easy to get tunnel vision, but, you know, I guess the thing that I would say is, you know, don't be afraid of that, um, the, the generalism. You know, as long as you're putting in the effort to really learn your stuff, you know, there's nothing wrong with knowing, you know, maybe not everything about a very focused area, but knowing a lot of things about a lot of different things and being able to kind of connect those dots. So, you know, I think that's somewhat unorthodox. Um, and, again, I wasn't planning it out this way. It's just, you know, that book really kind of clicked that, hey, you know what, this is kind of kind of worked the way he describes, and um, I think it's something that I'd encourage. I mean, I, I think that's one of the things it's it's really cool about like you doing this podcast. You're you're doing that. You know, you're taking interest in in different kinds of people and listening to stories, and and you, it's such a it's such a big part of of career growth. And you know, I think we talked about this too, and we we were last on the phone talking about uh, you know networking and 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 mentoring and things like that. But you don't. You never know what they'll lead to, and you can't have an expectation that just because you have somebody that you've networked with, they'll ever end up giving you a job. You know, some of the people who've gotten me jobs in the last couple of years have been people that I knew a little bit, but I just stayed in touch with, obviously, you know, kept in touch with, but they weren't the people if I was setting out, okay, these are the people who are going to end up getting me a job because they're a close mentor of mine or a friend of mine or something like that. You know, you just have to, you have to be ready and, and, and be willing to kind of understand what, what clicks with you and, and then take some you know, educated gambles on, on things that you could do different. No, you couldn't have said it any better. And, and I actually think back to my time at Learfield IMG College where our CRO, Andy Rawlings, I, I was on the phone with him one point and, and I said, you know, how do, how do you go about networking, staying in touch with people? And he goes, it's pretty simple. I just uh, stay in touch with the people that I like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you're, and you're like, that's it? And he's like, yeah, I just deal with people I like and I stay in touch with them and um, you know you build a relationship that way and and so sometimes like we overcomplicate things um, and to your point with with being a specialist versus a generalist and vice versa uh, it's one of those things where there are definitely you know to your point some areas of the business where you have to you know you have to be a specialist right if you're in that video content creation right like there's there's probably not a whole lot else uh, that you're going to dive into 
you know, you maybe dive into the social or the digital realm, but like you're pretty focused on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's kind of a distinct path to some extent of, of where that's going and what skills apply to what areas. Yeah. Um, but to your point, if you're in marketing or sales, I mean, it's, it, you can get very general. You can understand how the business works in, in a lot of different facets um, and understand, you know, from top to bottom, right, the entry level to top executive leadership and everything in between from a management perspective, you know, there's a whole nother layer. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to your point about um, the specialist generalist thing, because I, I really I find it fascinating, right, in today's world where um, everyone, you know, even even youth sports, for example, right, it's, it's specializing in one sport yeah. versus playing a lot of sports. It doesn't just apply to work in the professional world. Um, so for those that are listening to this and they're thinking, okay, am I a generalist or am I a specialist or do I want to be a generalist? What are some of those questions that they have to ask themselves? And what are some of the questions that you ask yourself as you're, you know, thinking about this topic? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to pass out exactly how to do that, I guess. I guess it's, it's thinking about, you know, what interests me and how does that connect to other things that I'm interested in? Um, and when you start trying to put those pieces together, you know, there's a lot more connections. And I think that really helps you in, in business and, you know, being curious and understand, trying to understand the big picture, asking the right kind of questions um, to people, being genuinely curious about other things than things you're working on or, or have to know about. You know, you don't, you can't, you can't approach it and say, you know, I'm going to do this. And then in a six months of being a generalist, there's all sorts of things that are going to just start clicking for me and, it's going to make me, you know, well-paid and, and promoted and all those kind of things. But <laughs> I think, I think, you know, you have to kind of trust the process and, 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 and realize also you got to be very honest about the field you want to be in, what kind of role you want. You know, like you said, there's positions and that's part of the reason, you know, I was one of the first full-time um, digital social media people in, in, in college athletics, really, because it was very new back then. And that just wasn't going to be the path. You know, to be the, the, the best at that now, that's not my skill set. That wasn't going to be um, somebody like me. I had to go find something else to do. So you're going to have to make some changes sometimes, and you're going to have to be not afraid of that. Um, but, yeah, don't – I wouldn't – I would tell people don't try to don't try to plan out the 20 – the first 15, 20 years of your career, I think. Um, it's awesome to have a plan. You have to be honest with yourself about, um, you know, don't just say I'm a generalist because I haven't really gotten in and gotten good at anything. You know, it's it's – it's understanding that you're going to be good at certain things, but you're going to have an interest in connecting those pieces. You know, I think uh, a lot of this stuff comes down to being really honest about yourself, what gets you excited about work. Like I said, what you're also good at and what you're naturally good at, you know, and, that, and not everybody can be um, really good at, at everything they, they try. You know, you have to look at your strengths, embrace your strengths and, and kind of double down on the, the things that you're good at. So I think those are kind of the things that, that come to mind with that. Yeah, no doubt. And so last question for you as we kind of wrap up the episode, and it's it kind of goes along with what we were just talking about a little bit in that, um, you know, whether it's taking on the special projects, the extra projects, the things that are kind of outside of your realm at work or doing the side hustle or doing the volunteer work um, at, a, at a nonprofit organization or the things that you can do kind of outside of your just your professional job to increase that experience, increase that exposure to other people, to other experiences that, that, um, you know, give you a different, um, perspective on things. How have you managed to, you know, take on a couple things, um, outside of just your job and, and, 
progressively, you know, I know you have your own podcast and, and you were doing that for a while. And um, what, what does it take? Uh, what are the thoughts behind actually doing those types of things uh, to, to try and get better every day? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's not always easy. I mean, I guess there, and there's going to be different challenges each person has. Um, you know, I, I don't have kids. Um, I'm married, but I don't have kids. So that, that, uh, that gives me a little bit more time to do certain things um, like, you know, uh, some consulting work or, or doing the podcast with Kevin. And, um, you know, I guess to me, it, it, it kind of goes back to um, at this point in my career, I realized when I left uh, the conference that there were other things I wanted to do besides uh, maybe what could be satisfied in my nine to five job. And, and at the conference, it wasn't nine to five. It was, you know, basketball games every night and football games half the days of the year and all that stuff. So, um, you know, again, it was kind of figuring out, okay, here's some things that I'd like to pursue, the, the leadership topics uh, that we got into in our podcast, really important to me, um, you know, right now, finding ways to stay involved in, in college athletics because Ticket Socket doesn't work in college athletics. You know, that's, that's a priority and just saying, okay, I'm going to schedule some time into that, keep up to date, uh, talk to some people about some consulting opportunities and, and you know, stay involved in that way. Um, so you have to do it intentionally. You have to, you have to plan out, okay, what are the things that I want to do? What are things that maybe I don't want to make time for? You know, sometimes crossing things off the list are just as important as adding them um, if, you, if you want to do some other things. But especially early in your career, I think it's really important to try to take on as many different projects at work, um, see what clicks. You know, again, so if you can get experience in different departments, um, again, you have to be able to do your main job well. Um, none of this other mm-hmm. stuff works without being good. Absolutely. You know, nobody's going to give you more to work on, and no, your boss doesn't want to hear uh, that you're doing other stuff for other departments or other projects outside of work if you're not getting the stuff done um, at your day job. So you can't overlook that. Um, you always have to keep that front of mind and, and prioritize that way because um, that's the best way you know, you'll get given more responsibility, more employment opportunities, um, more more uh, more money at work, you know, all those kind of things. You have to be, be really good at what you do. But, you know, find out what those things that, are, that, that click with you and, you know, the best time to do that is when you're early in your career and you can take some chances and, and, and really hustle. So that's, I think, what I would, what I would suggest to people, um, you know, kind of thinking about that. No, that's fantastic. Well, thank you for your time uh, today on Life in the Front Office. And where can people find your sports leadership podcast? Where can they find you? Yeah, um, probably just as good a place as any is uh, markahodgkin.com, M-A-R-K, middle initial A, H-O-D-G-K-I-N.com. And, you know, at Twitter, Mark underscore Hodgkin, uh, definitely can can find it there. Um, Kevin DeShazo is a friend of mine. We've known each other for a long time. We co-host, talk about topics in sports leadership. Kevin's a uh, leadership coach um, and a social media trainer in the college space, so uh, you know, it's a great time. Um, really enjoyed the podcast you work on as well, and we're excited about having you on a future episode of ours. Because um, I think this is a it's a great topic, and I think you know what what you're asking about and what you spend a lot of time learning about is is just really important. So we can't wait to to have you on. And again, can't can't thank you enough for having me on your your show. No, thanks again, Mark. And again, Mark Mark's got the Sports Leadership Podcast. Uh, check it out, and uh, definitely looking forward to having you on again in the near future. I want to 
to take the time to thank you for listening to Life in the Front Office. And if you liked our episode, please rate us on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. We greatly appreciate it. And for more episodes, visit us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on our website at lifeinthefrontoffice.com. And please continue to share uh, with your colleagues on social media and help us continue to grow. Thanks.